0: This episode of the School of Last podcast is brought to you by Patreon sponsor, Paul Swan, and also brought to you this week by the Clean Comedy Conference. If you're a comic who's looking to get more paid gigs, whether it be corporate gigs, cruise ships, churches, colleges, or clubs, you may want to check out this Clean Comedy Conference. You might want to write for or perform on late night TV. If so, then this Clean Comedy Conference is the conference for you. The Clean Comedy Conference is being held in San Diego, California, October 13th through the 15th, 2016. Early bird registration ends August 15th, so sign up today at cleancomedyconference.com. And as a special offer to School of Last listeners, use promo code SCHOOL OF LAST to save $10. Go to CleanComedyConference.com today.
1: Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show.
0: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Rick Roberts. This is The School of Lasts, and again, thank you to the Clean Comedy Conference and to Paul Swan, our Patreon sponsor, for helping this podcast happen. Hey, we've got a jam-packed show today. In fact, it was so jam-packed I had to crank this thing into two pieces because there's too much information. Can you believe that? Too much. I was just writing the show notes, and it was like a book. It's incredible. If you are a comedian, which I hope you might be, if you're a performer of any kind, if you are a guitarist, if you are an artist, you need to use social media to connect with your fans. And your fans may not all be in the same place. Some of your fans might be in Pinterest. Some might be over there in Facebook. Some might be chasing a Pokemon into the middle of the street and just kill themselves. Who knows? If you use social media at all, you're going to have to listen to today's podcast with Kate Door. Kate Door works at Raven Tools. She's also a social media consultant and a blogger at CashfieldSkyline.com. Just to give you an idea of what to expect in this episode, check this out. Kate's going to share with us her strategies for blogging, for getting more hits on her blog, and how often that she blogs and the relevancy of those posts. She's going to talk about scheduling, promoting, using tools like Buffer, how to get the most out of LinkedIn, how she uses LinkedIn like Twitter, how to manipulate your results in Google search, using alt tags for your images to share or to increase your SEO and your posts all over the place. Hacking Facebook Organic Reach with Facebook Live, sharing your Instagram post directly to Facebook for higher engagement, using tools like Sumo Me, MailChimp, and Google Analytics to get more out of what you do on social media. That's just in the first half of this two part interview, which starts just in a few seconds with Kate Dore. Hope you enjoy. Well, I'm here with Kate Dore. How's it going, Kate?
1: Really good. Thanks for coming to my house today, Rick.
0: This is awesome. Uh, Kate used to work with my wife, Lisa, at Outback concerts. Remember those crazy days?
1: Oh, absolutely. It wasn't that long ago.
0: It wasn't. How long has it been since you left there?
1: Uh, it's been almost two years since I left, um, transitioned out of being a concert promoter and um, going full fledged into the digital marketing world slash online entrepreneur world.
0: It's pretty intense work over there, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was amazing. I did it for most of my twenties, but uh, as I started getting a little older, as Rick knows from being a, a traveler, yep. uh, it gets a little tougher on your body. You know, the four hours of sleep a night type of thing.
0: Yeah, the rebound. <laughs> It's tough. It's
1: not quite as easy as it, it wasn't quite as easy at 30 as it was when I was like 22.
0: And you, I mean, you rose through the ranks from receptionist, or in, was it intern receptionist? Um, or reception? Temp receptionist. Temp receptionist. So I was
1: technically an employee of Randstad, you know, an hourly Randstad mm-hmm. temporary receptionist, and then got hired as an assistant, and actually started working with Lisa pretty soon after that.
0: And uh, for people, because I haven't interviewed Lisa on here yet, but give them a little snippet of what covering a concert means.
1: Yeah, so um, a lot of, and most promoters um, do something similar, but basically someone has to be there and be the person in charge. And that's everything from making sure all the ticketing is correct, to making sure all of the production details, and that's everything from technical details on the stage to uh, making sure that the um, the front of house staff is doing what they're supposed to, make sure the catering is the way it's supposed to, um, making sure just everything for the artist is set, and then also dealing with the financials at the end of the night. That's the most important part. Yeah,
0: settling up, making yep. sure all the numbers settling. are right, and you're like, you charge us for the use of the water fountain?
1: <laughs> Really? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes fighting over expenses that weren't part of the contract, um, and and yeah, settling with the venue and then and then paying the artist as well. So two settlements.
0: And you're really like first on the ground from the the group. Like the comics aren't there when you get there at three. Two in the afternoon or whenever and yeah. you take the first flight out in the morning to make yep. sure you get there, and then you're taking the first flight out the next morning, <laughs> yeah driving to the airport at four thirty five thirty in the morning definitely After yeah. being up till one or two so yeah, it's brutal, so I just <laughs> you know knowing what Lisa went through, I appreciate your <laughs> yeah your, and a lot of that was with comedians too, right? did you mm-hmm. cover some of the comedy stuff?
1: I did a lot of comedy and I also did a lot of um music as well, so I did um that and I also did a radio lab tour, which was really cool. they did a live. Alive. That was one of the last things they did before I left. So it was kind of a wide variety, everything from comedy, country, um, folk Americana type stuff, rock shows, a little bit of everything. As an independent promoter, we kind of had our hands in a lot of different, a lot of different areas.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty busy office over there. Yes, Went absolutely. through many changes and expansions and condensions. Yeah, and all they kinds seem
1: of- as busy as ever, which is awesome, and I'm, I'm so happy that things have continued to go continued to go well over there and
0: and for everybody listening that was they booked the blue collar tour and all the guys individually and a lot of other comedy shows and stuff so they were constantly busy and and keeping that comedy thing rolling which is pretty cool but like you say over time that kind of wears you down a little bit and you're picking up a lot of skills along the way and you start to make yourself almost more valuable to you than the company right like you start seeing your head like you know i've got this skill set now i can go do my own thing
1: yeah well and for me um i just realized at a certain point um I realized at a certain point that being on the road wasn't something that was going to be sustainable for me long term. And I had a lot of other ambitions. I had a lot of other interests and just working that 70, 70 to 80 hour, like, you know, seven days a week type of lifestyle. It didn't really leave leave a lot of space for that. And so for me, um, I was also really interested in digital marketing. And at Outback, we did a lot of, um, we did a lot of traditional media buying. We did buying radio spots, buying TV spots buying uh, print ads, but I, I didn't get a ton. Um, I did start doing some social media before I left, but the majority of the time there was focused more on the traditional media sense. And so I wanted to to build my skills and gain more experience. And that's part of why I ended up transitioning out as well.
0: Now, transition. Uh, you know, Comics make the tough transition from being gainfully employed, hopefully, and then they're like, okay, I'm going to do this thing on my own. So what was your like safety net like what did you have like i want to put this much money in the bank and then i'm going to give myself this much time to get my own traction going or what was the game plan yeah so
1: interestingly and i swear this isn't like just shameless self promotion but i wrote a blog post um basically about how my emergency fund helped me change careers. Um, It's a post that I I shared uh, about a week ago, and it was actually just picked up by Lifehacker this morning, randomly, (laughs) which was awesome. Um, But yeah, that was what I did. I knew that um, I needed to get my money under control in order to make this transition, and I was just really burnt out and tired. I needed needed a few months off to recharge and kind of transition to the next thing. So yeah, for me it was six months of expenses, cutting down things as low as I possibly could, building up that cushion, and then eventually, yeah, I ended up quitting without... um, without something else lined up i did eventually work for eventbrite um about a month later i got a gig with eventbrite part-time and that kind of helped supplement it was a kind of a flexible work from home mm-hmm. you know not a full-time gig so that gave me a little bit of supplemental income to sort of help pay the bills um and you know of course the emergency fund as well but those two things together helped um fill the gap between my two Full time jobs.
0: And if you guys want to check out, it's it's cashfillskyline.com is the blog that she writes. And there's a lot of good articles on there. I've been reading the past week. Um, you make making that transition and sacrifices you made mm-hmm. you also filled in the gaps money-wise by working at a Titans games
1: that was well that's that was sort of in the beginning of my career as many of us know um, working in the entertainment business isn't always super lucrative especially when you start out right um, so I was doing a little bit of whatever I could um, when I moved to Nashville I was working for free at a publishing company and in order to help pay the bills I had some scholarships I was living off of. I worked at Tennessee Titan Stadium. I did that for probably about two years. And then also I worked at Brick Tops, uh, which is a restaurant in, in Nashville. So I was doing a little bit of everything. And I think that's kind of the key with being a creative person in general. I think sometimes the side hustles are, are what help you get through, yeah. you know, because you're not always going to be making a lot of money. And, and, you know, I think just doing whatever it takes to get you through that that little bit of um, slower time financially until you can eventually pay your bills with what you're making yeah um, from your creative your creative gig
0: yeah and that's important like i think a lot of people especially comics and artists you know musicians are like i'm going to be full time and that means well i've got a gig or i'm on the couch or i'm watching tv or playing xbox but I know back when I kinda of made that transition, I you know, delivered pizzas like a lot of people do for Gumby pizza up in Columbus, Ohio. And I found this guy who had an apartment complex, just this individual that had this forty unit thing. And he said, Any day you're not doing anything, just walk over here and I'll put you to work.
1: It's awesome. So you know
0: it's five bucks an hour, but I yeah, I could work five thousand hours. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and, no, whatever and that's that's the greatest thing and, and- yeah, I mean, just whatever it takes. That's one of the coolest things I think about Nashville is just seeing there's such a wide assortment of creative people and just all the ways that they make money to help support themselves until they're making enough with their creative gig. It's really inspiring, actually, to see.
0: Yeah, the, the gig economy, they call it now. And you yep. basically go out and carve your own path with the technology now. you know, I'm selling fake Pokemon appearances so people can get on the Pokemon app and go find me. <laughs> no, I don't it's know awesome. about that thing. It's getting a little out of control. <laughs> I love. Seems. I love that. But uh, it is tricky, and it's a mindset. Everything's a mindset. I think you've learned that, and you show that in your blog, that you know, once you decide to do this, you're going to make the sacrifices necessary to move forward. Definitely. Once you get your thing going, um, let's talk about your blog for a second, because I think not enough comedians blog or have a weekly post of any kind on their own website where people can kind of come back and see the fresh stuff. What do you use uh, as far as, like do you use a content calendar to help you plan out your blog pieces or are you inspired and in posting when you're inspired or how do you hold yourself accountable to that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so to be honest, um, I wish I had a, in terms of my blog, I wish I had a content calendar. I wish that I was, um, planning far in advance, but many times it is, um, I get the inspiration and I write a blog post. I've been trying to post every week, um, Before that, you know, a a couple months ago, I was doing more like every other week. Mm -hmm. I think the key is just being consistent. Whatever it is, it can get to be too much for some people. But I think just being consistent so that your readers know, okay, every Monday she's going to have a blog post, or or every other Monday, or whatever it may be. Um, Make sure that it's quality, but also that it's you're consistently sharing content so that you know your blog doesn't go dormant.
0: (laughs) Right, because that's a first thing Google starts penalizing you for, like there seems to be so many logarithms working, but mm-hmm. I know from the School of Last website and my own website, if you're posting consistently, you're going to stay in the search. You're mm-hmm. going to be relevant. Yep. But there's also all the the keyword-rich blog post terms that make a difference too, right? So when you're writing in your blog about finances, are there terms that you're always trying to make sure fit the article because it'll pop pu- punish you if it doesn't fit the article. Mm-hmm. But are there are words you're trying to work in and if so, like how many? Or, any clues for that? Well,
1: you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not, although I do work for um, a software company that helps SEOs. I am not. I I, I know about SEO, but I'm not a, a you know, a full-time SEO. Um, but what I do, you know, I, I will try to focus on a specific keyword. Um, but really, I'm trying to, more than, you know, stuffing keywords and blog posts. I'm, I'm also just trying to, the big thing is just trying to solve a problem for someone. So, for example, the post I wrote this week, you know, how do I save for retirement without a 401k? Something that a lot of us as creative professionals don't have. Right. Um, that's solving a problem. That's something that people have asked me. That's something readers have asked me. Um, so I think. I don't know. I try I try not to I do think SEO is incredibly important. I think keywords are important, um especially on-page SEO, you know, making sure that your your site is technically
0: mm-hmm.
1: sound. Um so that you're not getting in your own way when it comes to Google. But I think that um I think also thinking about the reader, thinking about the the usability and just their experience they're getting as they're reading your post because you want them to be engaged, you know, and you don't want it to be too contrived when it comes to stuffing keywords and things which we've all <laughs> we've all read those posts that yeah. can be like that and you know it get it's it's not quite it's not always a great reader experience.
0: Yeah so I approach your post after you write it as a reader that's maybe new to your blog and say is this something that if they read this they would come back.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Do you use maybe Yoast or anything like I that? I do
1: actually. Yep. I use Yoast and um and it, it's a pretty yeah it's a great plug in. Easy to use and um, and there's definitely some basic stuff. I mean, I can I'm happy to dig up some really helpful posts. I work for Raven Tools, which is a a software company that um, it's a platform for marketers, mm-hmm. and so a lot of SEOs use it. We have a bunch of um, SEO tools within it, and we have some great content on our blog um, for learning more. If you want to learn more about SEO, it's definitely a great place to start. I've learned. In the last two and a half, or I say, last year and a half that I've been at Outback, at, uh, <laughs> the last year and a half that I've been at Raven Tools, I've learned more about SEO and digital marketing than I learned the entire time I was at Outback. So I think That's it's a big. great. It's a great. This is a lot of great free resources. There's a free marketing guide there. There's actually uh,
0: I've downloaded that free marketing guide. What's that? I downloaded that free market a couple months ago before I even knew I was going to talk to you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of good practical stuff in there, even for a beginner like me that could, I could digest it and put a few things into use.
1: Yeah. And there's a, there's a new tool also, and and not to get too much on um, the Raven thing, but there is a, fr- a new tool that has a freemium version. Um, it's an SEO site auditor that you can use on your website and it will run, you know, runs a crawl and tells you all the things that you need to fix. And it's actually free if you have just one website and you have less than 50 pages, you can use that tool for free,
0: um, which is place. a really
1: great resource. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a tool that we just, you know, we've just launched. So it's something worth, definitely worth, I I use it on my own site and I'm continually (laughs) finding things like broken links and images that are too big and all that. It's all on-page SEO stuff. But again, those things get in the way Mm -hmm. when it comes to Google being able to find and read your site. If you have those problems, you want to definitely get that stuff cleaned up.
0: And are you a WordPress site? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I am too. So have you, I'm assuming you've already done the AMP, the Google AMP uh, plugin?
1: I'm not using, I'm not currently using AMP articles. Um. Not that, I, not that I wouldn't in the future, but to be honest, I, I've just been more focused on my content strategy overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm only posting about once a week at this point. And so I'm more focused on um, sharing, you know, writing great articles and promoting them very heavily on social media.
0: Let's talk That's about, kind
1: of my strategy. Yeah, that's been more of my strategy.
0: Yeah, let's talk about your strategy now. And, and maybe before we get into what you're doing now, some things you did before that didn't work and what you learned from them and, and what led to how you're approaching things now.
1: Yeah, so I think one of the biggest issues that people can have with social media is trying to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trying to be on every single channel and trying to be super active on every single channel. I don't think that that, I think that's a way of, of burning out and I think it's a way of, I think you're better off picking maybe two or three channels, especially if you're starting out with social and still getting comfortable. Picking, you know, find out where, think about where your audience is. You know, they're not going to be on everything. It may not, maybe, You know, is your audience on Pinterest? Is your audience on Google Plus? Maybe not. Are they they on Twitter? Are they on Facebook? Are they on Instagram, Um, Snapchat? Any of these places? That's you know, try to identify where your audience is. And I think a a good way that some you know some artists can do is just take a look at some some other artists in your niche, Mm -hmm. see what they're doing. You know, see what channels they're investing their time in. But again, I think one of the biggest the biggest problems people can have is just trying to be all things. Yeah. <laughs> because there's just not enough time in the day.
0: There isn't. I, I learned early on with the School of Laughs that I wanted to do a YouTube video channel too and I got that up and running I, and I recorded like 20 videos in my offices on, you know, on the weekends and had them ready to go. And it's just, I couldn't sustain that. Yep. And it turned out, I mean, it, it could be different from everybody, but at the same amount of followers that I had on one thing just following to the other thing. So I wasn't getting any new followers mm-hmm. because I wasn't able to engage with the followers. I was yeah. able just to post stuff, and it was, it was a lot of one-way things. So that's one thing I'm trying to learn as I go forward is is to ha- how to keep the audience I have but also engage them more. Mm-hmm. So what when you post, I notice um, you have comments in your blog, mm-hmm. and they're enabled, and you, are those... Approved, enabled, or they enabled, and you go in regardless of what comment they had. Um, So I do have
1: I do have a plugin um, that filters comments Um, for people that have already commented. They they go right through. You know, there's a lot of other bloggers who comment on my stuff. Those people are fine. For someone new, those people will get it'll be a pending. You know, something that I have to approve. And a great actually a great plugin, not one that I'm using, but Discuss is one that a lot of bloggers use. Mm And that's a that's a really great one where you know again it's it's almost like its own social network within a you know within a and you because you can you can actually see like other blogs they've commented on you it's, it makes it really easy to filter out the spam because you're gonna see
0: yeah you any blog really you're fast. gonna see a
1: crazy amount of spam in there and sometimes it gets and honestly I go through my I go through my spam queue because sometimes legit comments are in there right and I don't want to lose them so I go through that every day um, and I'll go through all the you know random. Bots, basically, that left yeah. comments that aren't real comments, but then I'll see a few like actual comments in there, and I'll go in and i'll I'll un- despam them right. Well, <laughs> and let them through.
0: That's good, because if you waited to the end of the week to do that, then people are probably lost interest in the article mm-hmm. and they feel you're not paying attention to what you're putting yeah. out. So especially the day of release of a new mm-hmm. post, yeah, stay on top of it, and try to get that conversation going.
1: I think it's really important, you know, I mean, I've some bigger sites have there's been this trend of turning off the comment section, which I, I'm not in favor of. I think it's really important. Sometimes you get really awesome conversations happening in the comments and just really good ideas for future content, too.
0: Sure. That'd be a great thing as a blogger to see what questions they're still asking or resources they're recommending that mm-hmm. you know pertain to yours. And Absolutely. And I'm sure if you go back and just re- repost or tweak the post to include some of those yeah. backlinks, that's not going to hurt you at all. Yeah,
1: definitely. No, I mean, anything you can do to provide more value for your readers is always a good thing. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you get some of that stuff from the commenters. You know, they have knowledge that you don't. Right. So there's really, I, I, I think I think comments and engaging with your audience in that way is really important.
0: That's cool. Where do you see all the digital stuff going? I mean, it's hard to predict the future, but there's so many apps coming out all the time and so many new social media things. Facebook's getting a lot more clogged up with ads. Mm-hmm. You know, Google Plus I try, but it seems like nobody really is in there. Uh, LinkedIn's another one that mm-hmm. I know for me doing corporate speaking is super important. Yep. But I really don't have a strategy with LinkedIn. Are you. Are you active on LinkedIn yeah, as well?
1: Yeah. Um, for Raven Tools, I use it every day. Um, and I also use it for my own, for Casual Skyline as well. And I actually use, it's interesting, LinkedIn doesn't have a super sophisticated algorithm. It's it's weird. It's like you can hack it really easily. Like one person likes your post and then it shows up like in everyone that they're following's feed. So I actually use LinkedIn almost more like Twitter in a way. Mm-hmm. Where... Um, So I'll use a tool like Buffer to schedule maybe one post a day, uh, maybe in the morning, or depends on the time of day. You can experiment and see what works best for you. But I'll share that stuff and um, I'll just share it and and then, you know, people may engage with it. And I get referrals to my blog from LinkedIn. I mean, beyond, of course, I get gigs and I get, you know, uh, connections and relationship Mm -hmm. building, but like people who request me, it's almost like um, I think of like people who I'm connected with as followers. So let's say I have over a thousand people I'm connected with on LinkedIn I think of them as like those are my LinkedIn followers because those are people who I accept pretty much anyone that requests me assuming uh-huh. that it's not completely spam um, and I, I again I use it more like Twitter I use it as just another way to to promote my content
0: do you know if there's a ratio of how many people see your post say you did have a thousand on LinkedIn
1: mm-hmm. I know
0: if you have that thousand on Facebook you might get Eight percent initially that sees the mm-hmm. post, and if they don't comment, it kind of dies.
1: Mm-hmm. Is
0: LinkedIn similar? Do you know, or is it harder to figure? That's a that? good
1: question. I don't know what percent it is, but I would say that it does seem to be um, the algorithm in terms of who's seeing your stuff does seem to be easier to mm-hmm. get organic reach. I've never used um, I've never used paid ads on LinkedIn, um, and and it, and some companies do, but it's it's expensive. Is it? So I think a, as a kind of a DIY um, solopreneur, I think you can actually do quite well with just. Just sharing regular content and again, adding more, just constantly adding new connections. Like I add, you know, friends from high school, friends from college, people that I know, people that I've known throughout my career. I'm continually adding people all the time on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And again, just using it as like, those are my followers and I'm using it to, yeah, to promote my brand, but also to promote the content that, you know, whatever new piece of content I have. And it's, it's be surprised, you know, you'll start seeing referrals from there and you're like, okay.
0: Yeah, I think that's... That's worthwhile. (laughs) I think it's it's underused by artists because they look at it like a corporate thing. But who writes checks? People that have cash. And if Mm -hmm. if they have a job, that's a good step on LinkedIn. You see if they've got a job or not. Mm -hmm. But the people you connect that you went to college with, perhaps, are now in positions of leadership at different companies or on board of directors or in chambers of commerce. All these different things that could hire a band or hire a comedian or hire a speaker to come in. So, like, if if I was a comic listening right now and I'm not on LinkedIn... Mm -hmm. What would be my first steps? Like what what kind of content should I put up? Should I put some videos up so people can get the name with the face if they haven't heard from me in a while? What would be the few first steps?
1: Well yeah, I would I would definitely just um, fill out your profile all the way. You know how LinkedIn has like that little there's like a little yes. it's like a circle and it's like you filled this out. Right, thirteen <laughs> yeah. percent. The first step, definitely. I know it sounds so simple, like, but I've had I've had people tell me like, oh yeah, all of a sudden a recruiter reached out to me because I had just because I had completed my profile. Uh, you'd be amazed at just actually listing out like all your gigs, and it's cool because you can actually showcase like yeah like videos or like I use mine. I have some um, some articles I've written from some different other places. I'm a freelance writer as well, mm-hmm. so I showcase a few of those on there, and you can put like an image attached to it. So it's pretty cool when someone's looking at your profile. Um, you can have, you know, a pretty robust LinkedIn profile. That's the first step for sure. And then from there, then you can start sharing some content. But definitely, you know, you don't want to be. I wouldn't start sharing things until I was happy with my profile because I know people are going to click, you know, That's click true. and look at my profile. I don't want it to be looking kind of like, like, you know, either you know, well, certainly like any kind of errors or right. spelling mistakes or just anything that just looks unprofessional. But just kind of an incomplete profile. Right. I Test all your fun.
0: links, all mm-hmm. the things like that. And yes. Ask a few friends to check it out. Yeah. Ask five friends on LinkedIn to check it out first and yeah. see what their experience is. It's like is. an online
1: resume. And also, too, the more um, interestingly, I've heard another like little hack is the more companies that you have listed, the easier you are in terms of the LinkedIn search bar. So, like, I try to include like everything, even things that maybe aren't relevant, just because then maybe if someone's looking for, You know, oh, someone that worked at Eventbrite or someone that worked at Outback Concerts or someone that did, you know, whatever it may be. I include all those things in there. That way I'm just, you know, more likely to come up in search results for people.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah. I definitely, some comic said this. I wish I could give him credit, but he said LinkedIn is like a gym. A lot of people are members, but they never go there. (laughs) And that really sums it up when you look at all the other different. Social medias, you're in there, Facebook yeah. every day, Twitter every day, LinkedIn. You know, a lot of people oh, I'll go check it out every couple of months or something. It just sits there idle.
1: The thing that's hilarious too is one, one little thing I will, I will uh, mention is there's an ability to turn off, um, so the default is anytime you make an update to your profile, it'll show up in all of your followers' feeds. <laughs> if you don't want that, you can switch that off. Especially um, early
0: on when you're putting all that in there. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Like, well, it's, it's hilarious because sometimes I'll be – I'm on there every day for work um, for Raven, but also for my own stuff as well. And and I, I see people updating their profile, and I'm like, oh, this person's looking for a new job. This uh-huh. You know, like, and it just makes it very – it makes it very obvious, but yeah, if you're just trying to update some things and you know get your profile looking good, you may want to switch that off, just just temporarily until you're feeling kind of good about where things are at. So it's not showing up as like a as like a status update. Right. For Look at every me. One of I've your got followers. a new picture. <laughs> exactly. I've got seventeen more coming in the next minute. Yep. Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's funny, and I think too for for comedians when you're thinking about LinkedIn. Uh, there's there's multiple things you can do with it. Like the one thing I do is I I really don't friend too many other comedians on LinkedIn. I kind of leave it to Facebook and Twitter because LinkedIn is kind of like my prospecting site. I kind of use it like I want to make these connections to move myself up the ladder. Maybe I can bring everybody with me at some point. Mm-hmm. But I really don't want to have you know too many comics on there with me because that's just that's, my focus is to stay one one lane. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I like about LinkedIn is once you have a considerable amount of followers or connections, you can export that email list yeah. pretty easily yep. so you know i'm up i think i have like 2500 connections on linkedin something like that and that's occasionally great. i'll go through and export that list and i might just run a facebook ad yeah and post it to that list
1: yep. yeah that's really smart
0: so there's there's that aspect of it and I, then i also heard and i'm not sure if it's true or not that the first search google does when you punch in somebody's name is it goes through linkedin to get the information
1: well is that depends. true it just depends on the authority of where else you're listed for me, um, I if you search my name in Google, um, I have katedore.com, com, which is a site that needs to be needs to be redirected to casual Skyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but like uh, LinkedIn does show up on the first page, but also like a Wall Street Journal article shows up on the first page. I mean, I think that's a really important a really important mm-hmm. note is just to. It sounds like a simple thing, but Google search your name. <laughs> yeah, search your name and see what comes up because if you don't like what's showing up there, um, one of the easiest ways that you can I guess influence what's on that first page is just by it's just by taking your your social media profiles, whether it be LinkedIn, Twitter, all those things. I mean, a lot of times those things they have a lot more authority than some other sites. If you don't have a lot of media men- big media mentions, you know, that's an easy way to kind of manipulate what's showing up for you.
0: That's a good idea. And I, I was just thinking too as we're talking that um, as you're posting things to whether it is Facebook or Twitter or what have you, images are so big now. Yep, and just give them a little insight as to the importance of alternate tags or the you know, the description when you post a, a picture, especially like on WordPress, you can go in and, mm-hmm. and put little tags so it's searchable. Yeah. And so if somebody is doing an, an image search for you, maybe they're looking for pictures to put on their website or promote your next thing but the, they'll see the link to the banner for any post you did mm-hmm. as long as you tagged it correctly.
1: Yeah, so the alt tag, um, it's, a, its that's actually a really important on-page SEO topic. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, it's basically Google doesn't know what an image is unless you've named it in the alt tag. Um, and, and one of the reasons that it's important is also for visually impaired people. So if you know they're searching for something on Google, it, you, basically what you, what you need to do with the alt tag is describe what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a best. That's considered a best practice. But yeah, it can be attached. You know, um, the title tag is where you could put. You know, you could put your name or the name of the blog post, the name of your um, brand, perhaps, mm-hmm. and then the alt tag is just a description of what that of what that image is. So, like for me, there's a picture of of me standing in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, girls standing. I'll just put like girls standing in front of Golden Gate Bridge. It's pretty simple, but. Without that, you know, Google can't see that image. Right, it'll never so show up in a girl's yeah, so all, search. Yeah, so it gets in your way. Yeah, it gets in your in the way of your SEO for that post. So it's pretty important. That's one of the things that the um, SEO site order I was telling you about. That's one of the things that'll it'll, it'll, so it'll show highlight you. those. For oh you. yeah, if you're missing alt, if you're missing the alt tags on any of your images, that will that will pull up for sure.
0: Very good. What other um, strategies do you have or practices that you think people listening may not be aware of or may not be aware of how important they are?
1: When you you mean for just social media mm-hmm, or anything in general?
0: Well, for you know, most comics, that they're just trying. If you ask them what they're trying to do, I'm just trying to get my name out. That's mm-hmm. like the, the blatant answer. I'm just trying to get bigger and more noticeable. So, what are some some tips or strategies for them to do that that we haven't spoken about? So, yeah. far?
1: yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think one of the the most important things is just creating regular content. Uh, for for a comic, certainly video is a, is huge. As you know, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. as you were creating videos for your YouTube channel. But in addition to YouTube, Facebook Live. Is fairly new. Um, I have to mention it because it's it's a fairly new tool, but I think it's important to get in front of it. It's almost like it's kind of like Periscope, where you're you know str- live streaming a video, but it almost seems like I'm hearing of people just abandoning Periscope completely and just only using Facebook Live. You can do it from your page. It's something that I think even a few months ago was was only available to celebrities. Now, you know, you take your smartphone, selfie stick. Facebook Live. Here I am. I'm live streaming on my on my page and Facebook um, video and Facebook Live posts. um, That's a way of kind of one of the one of the strategies of hacking their organic, um, you know, organic reach.
0: Right, Cause, and Facebook loves any video, mm-hmm. and so it's going to put it up there and show exactly. it's way more than 8% up front just to kind of yep. get the ball rolling. Yeah,
1: and that's one, of, that's one of the the ways in general to hack Facebook's organic reach. People always say, Facebook organic reach is dead. I actually don't think that's true. I think you just have to know what's important to them at that time. Facebook Live is brand, you know, I wouldn't say it's not brand new, but it's pretty new. And I think getting in front of that is what is really smart, especially for a comic who, you know, that's your personality and your jokes and, and sharing like little tidbits of your life. It's kind of like, you know, people love seeing those little, those moments, you know, Hey, I'm, Here's here's me in the office. Here here's some things I'm working on. Or hey, I'm I'm traveling. Right. Check out like here I am. I'm downtown Nashville, hanging out. You know, on Broadway. I think I think it's good just to experiment with some different things and see what people respond. Like anything with social media, experiment with things, see what people respond to, and then do more of that thing. Right. <laughs> do more of that thing that people seem to like.
0: And especially since that video kind of auto plays without the sound, mm-hmm. as you're thinking about maybe doing that Facebook Live post. The most interesting thing around you sometimes you're the most interesting thing, yeah, and that's what people fall but if you're in front of the Golden Gate Bridge that might be more interesting if, if I'm at a comedy club that's great but if I'm showing the comedy club from the outside and the line mm-hmm. of people getting in in line to come yeah. to see me that's more interesting so maybe start with that and then pan over to yourself a lot of things to experiment with there
1: yeah and it's and it's a free tool you know it's just all these things I mean there's so many free resources it's just a matter of time and you know again um where you're, you know, where you where you want to invest your time and how much time you have. I do think investing in high quality video content is a worthwhile spend of money, especially for a comic. You know, whether that be if that's somewhere that you want to spend some money, I, I think it can be. You know, because just because videos um, they auto play on Twitter, they auto play on Facebook. Um, I would recommend if you are going to use video on Facebook, upload it directly to the Facebook app itself. Right. Don't share your YouTube video links. Um, because they're competing companies, <laughs> right. Google and Google owns YouTube, and it competes with Facebook. So Facebook, when you upload a, a you know, if you just type in your your URL to your YouTube video, it's going to show this like little tiny thumbnail, right? That's like just you know, it's not super attractive. But then you upload your own file into the app itself, and it's like, oh wow, big beautiful picture here. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing how much of a difference it makes, and it and just in terms of engagement, it's a much much higher.
0: Yeah, and I would recommend anybody listen to just – I would do this experiment. I would take a video and post it to YouTube and see how much natural flow you get from the people that subscribe to you. Mm-hmm. Then I'd take that same video and link to it in a Facebook post. Then I would just upload it directly to Facebook, mm-hmm. and you'll see that yeah. direct upload is going to get you so much. And and it'll be shown to people that are friends of your friends mm-hmm. that aren't subscribers to your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It'll be shown to more because it's a direct link instead of a – you know. A direct post instead of a link.
1: Yeah, and another another hack that I've had good luck with too is because Facebook owns Instagram, sharing directly from Instagram to fa- to your Facebook page. That's something that you can set up within your Instagram settings. That's another that's another little like organic hack,
0: okay. you know.
1: Ra- just experiment with it, see it. You know, try try sharing your image directly from your Facebook page, but then also maybe sharing a similar image. Try doing it directly from the um, the Instagram app within the app and share directly to your facebook page and see and see i think you'll be surprised to see that you'll get a little bit of a boost there
0: i think so now let's talk about we know all the social media stuff is great to get your name out there but what about getting their names into your email system like what are some things you can do to help develop an email list for people that are seeing you on social media but you really don't know who they are or how to contact them besides that and of course you're at the you know the disposal of facebook whether they want to connect with that person or not so for a comedian, you know, I would I would think some direct downloads of some old CDs that you're not selling anymore, or just a new yeah. clip that's, you know, exclusive to my email list followers. What are what are some other ideas for people to collect that email? What kind of verbal call to action would you put?
1: Yeah, yeah, on those that's different
0: a, social media streams.
1: That's an uh, that's an awesome question because I think so many people say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be really active on social media, but you have to think, what is your end goal? Mm-hmm. For me right now, it's it's collecting email addresses as well, and the, and the reason why is because that is a thing that you own. Um, I consider all social media channels, as as important as I think it is, it is rented land. Um, it is Facebook may change their algorithm. Yep. Twitter is changing their algorithm. Instagram is changing their algorithm. Pinterest changes their algorithm. All these things, you don't have control over it. You know, and in, in many of these cases, you may end up having to invest a little bit of money there. Once you own the email address, you own, you know, that's that's yours. You have it. Um, and yeah, and, and often like some sort of, some sort of, um,
0: like a lead magnet.
1: Yeah, a lead magnet exactly. Um, And there's um, a great—I would say, like if you're just getting started, maybe experiment with a tool like SumoMe. It's free. Basically, you can experiment with different types of, you know, whether it be like a little form on your site or uh, pop up, you know, pop up with and and, and having, yeah, certainly having some sort of free, free call to action, whether it be um, whether it be a uh, yeah, like a free ebook or yeah, an old CD or even like just you can repurpose things that you already have you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of time right. creating something new that's the thing i think a lot of people forget like oh i got to create this brand new really thing it's like no no you have a lot of great content in your archives find something that's good but maybe not something that's super new something that you think is valuable and then use that you know maybe it's um a pop up that says hey you know get my free book you know my free ebook or get my free this album that i recorded here um, they put their email address and then maybe it depends like sometimes it depending on which which type of um, which type of software you use. It can be a you know a thank you page where they can download it directly there, or it's an email that automatically goes to them after that. I mean there's there's a, a variety of email service providers mm-hmm. that you can experiment with. But I do like Sumo Me for experimenting with email collection because it's free. And they have a lot of great blog posts and content for just just if you're trying to get started and figure out kind of what works and what doesn't. Um, it are, was amazing <laughs> i i'll admit that i'm a lot stronger in social media than i am in email marketing and for me you know i couldn't believe the difference just adding a pop-up people hate them but they convert right <laughs> they think it's annoying but they work. you know you're going to get it's definitely a way to build your email as quickly or a welcome mat that you know comes and covers your page and says hey you know, i scri- subscribe to this or subscribe to that you know if, Again, giving people free things. Don't be afraid to give away content. Right, especially if it's just things. sitting there. There's so much yeah. digital
0: stuff. It's just like I just picture like huge like card catalogs full of all the shows I've ever done that I've got recorded. Yeah, of, of all the I used to record every radio interview I went to do, and I've yeah. got those. I thought one day I'd put out three or four CDs. I, they're just sitting there, and those are things I can link to that my my real fans would like to hear. Yeah, and would um. You know, and new fans would stumble on too, and hear like the early days of Rick and what have you. Yeah. So everybody's got those kinds of things. Definitely to help collect. Just I guess um, Sumo Me integrate with like Mailchimp and yep. Constant Contact and yep. those.
1: And um and Mailchimp is a good one. I I was using Mailchimp before, but I actually recently switched to ConvertKit, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit friendlier for bloggers. Um, it is a paid service though, so just something to keep in mind. But Mailchimp, you actually can use it for free up to about two thousand subscribers, which is which is pretty good. Yeah. You know, it, so when you're starting out, I mean you know it may take a while to get there and at least gives you it gives you it's a way to get started it's a way to you know work on your email list work on your newsletter whatever it may be and i think sometimes these things are just doing them and learning learning as you go you know the software is constantly changing and evolving and the best way to learn is just by experimenting and seeing what works for you
0: We're going to leave it right there for today. We're going to come back next week and wrap up the second half of this conversation, which will continue a little deeper into social media pro tips with Kate Thor. Kate is a a great resource. In this uh, blog post on our website, you can scroll down to the bottom, and she gives you top resources and links to a lot of things she talked about in this episode and some things she's going to talk about in next week's episode. But those links are right now available at schooloflast.com. If you go to the podcast page and look at podcast number 112, that's Kate Doar's episode, and lots of clickable links in there to take you right where you need to go to get your social media strategies tuned up so that your social media plan is running like a fine vehicle. Hey, listen, again, thanks to Paul Swan, who's sponsoring us this week on Patreon, and also the Clean Comedy Conference. Now, listen, let me tell you a bit more about this conference. It's going to happen in San Diego, California, October 13th through the 15th. And, you know, there's an old adage in comedy that clean is green. That means clean comedy pays and clean comedy stays around forever. It's reusable because, hey, it's good. It's good clean comedy. This conference, you're going to learn from professional comedians and bookers such as Eddie Brill, who used to select the comedians for David Letterman as well as warm up the audience on that show. Jimmy Brogan, who was a big part of Johnny Carson's success on The Tonight Show. Also on the panels will be Charlene May, Amy Pittle, Tony Calabrese, and Scott Wood. They're all clean comedians and they're going to address the pitfalls and challenges you might face and how to navigate those as you make money as a clean comedian. In addition to working at clean comedy venues, a lot of these speakers and panelists have written for television. They have book clubs, colleges, churches, cruise ships, and late night TV shows. So they're going to you the inside scoop and be able to answer your very specific questions about getting your clean comedy in those different avenues. The theme for this year's conference is clean isn't a dirty word. Come out and see why for yourself. Remember early bird registration ends August 15th. So sign up today at clean comedy conference.com as a thank you to school of last listeners use promo code school of last for a special $10 discount. Again, go to clean comedy conference.com today. Before I get out of here today, if you're a Patreon sponsor at the $7 a month level or higher, don't forget we have our Google Hangout coming up on August 20th. That's a Saturday from 1 to 2 Central Standard Time, CST. And what we do in that Google Hangout, if you're not a Patreon sponsor, I'll just tell you a little bit. We go through our 52-week challenge. We kind of take the past four weeks' worth of comedy challenges that go out through Club 52, which is also exclusively for those Patreon people at $7 a month or more. And we, each week, tweak what we do in our comedy business. Uh, early on, we've been focusing on branding and getting our theme and getting our descriptions and getting our, our the way we want people to see us down and making sure that the people who do see us agree with the way we're stating ourselves, our brand. Your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. So we've actually talked to people that have seen our shows and gotten that down to a fine, fine statement, as well as how to take elements of that, put it into our introduction, our bios, our websites, our marketing, all kinds of great stuff. We do that kind of thing once a month. We hang out on Google for an afternoon and talk about those three or four assignments between the past Google Hangout and this one. It's been the best part about doing this podcast so far. So if that's something that interests you, check out patreon.com forward slash School of Laughs for more information. You guys have a great week. Make sure you tune in next week for the rest of the interview with Kate Door.
1: Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.